guys don't know me, like Troy said, my name is Josh. Uh, you, name, you normally would see me up here with a guitar and only saying words that other people wrote. Uh, but today he's given me the awesome privilege of coming to you and getting to, to preach the word to you today. And, uh, so, but before we get started, I just got, got a couple questions for you. How many of you, uh, as the holidays are coming to a close right now, you are just, you are bummed that the holidays are over, that you like, you get excited about the holidays, show of hands, anybody just super bummed that the holidays, okay, yeah, not many, okay, so I actually, you, you're a special kind of person, a person that gets excited about all the madness that happens this time of year, in fact, I had a, a buddy, uh, Ryan Alba, many of you know him, I was with him on Christmas night, this is Christmas night, it's still Christmas, we're going to see a movie, and he tells me that he is depressed, and he is upset that it's 364 more days until Christmas Eve next year. Like, that's a problem. You pe- I don't understand you people. But how many of you, on the other hand, now that the holidays are over, that they're coming to a close, you're just, like, breathing a sigh of relief? Anybody? Yeah. That's me, okay? I understand you a lot more than the other people. But the holidays are over, and there's just something about the holidays that it just... Everything's going crazy. You've got a, uh, you're, you're meeting up with family over here. You're doing stuff for church over here. You're just, there's a lot of craziness going on this time of year. And hopefully you've been with us maybe for our series that we were just doing called uh, I Won't Survive the Holidays. And we tried to give you guys some good, uh, some good tips and some pointers on how not to just survive in the holidays, but to thrive in them and to, to really be able to uh, grow closer to God, to grow closer to your family and your friends in this time of year. But the reality is, that's really hard to do, right? You can get so caught up in the busyness and, and everything that's happening that it's really difficult to do. And I got to say, that, that series was for me this year because I, just, I get so stressed out sometimes during the holidays. But I hope that we were able to give you guys some good uh, ways just to, to thrive in the holidays rather than just be bogged down uh, in them. And now that Christmas is over... Many of us are going to be taking the next week, the next couple weeks, just to kind of rest and relax and to, to get back in the swing of things. And as we do that, we're coming up on something that many people do, and that is maybe over the next week or two, you're going to be thinking about your New Year's resolutions, right? Who here does New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Wow. Only a few of us. Well, maybe we can change that. But something, that, uh, something about the New Year, it gives us maybe, it just gives us a sense of, of new beginnings. It gives us a sense of fresh starts, and it inspires us to maybe change some things that we've wanted to change for a while, but maybe just haven't put in the time or the energy into yet. And uh, now, I personally think that New Year's resolutions, I think they're a good thing. I think that uh, the Bible actually, I think, kind of encourages us to do something of this form. It doesn't specifically talk about New Year's resolutions, but 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says, To this end, we pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and here it is, and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. See, I believe that God wants us and desires us to resolve to change things. I believe that he wants us to be able to look at our lives and to evaluate and say, hey, here's an area where I need to change. Here's an area where I need to grow. And he wants us to look at it and resolve and determine that, hey, I'm going to grow here. I'm going to change here. So maybe some of you who don't normally do New Year's resolutions, maybe you should consider it this year. Maybe you should consider what God is having you, uh, wants to have you change this year. But it's crazy that only 8%, approximately 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions actually follow through with them. 
8%. That's crazy, right? I fall in the 92% that has probably never had a New Year's resolution actually stick, probably like many of you guys. But I'm going to change that this year, right? That's my resolution is to be good at resolutions this year. <laughs> so, so if God wants us to resolve, to resolve to change, if he wants us to decide, hey, I'm going to change some things this year, then why is it that so many people fail? If he wants to empower you and enable you to, do, to make these changes, why do so many people fail? Well, I think there's a number of reasons why this happens, but I believe that one reason is that we approach the subject completely the wrong way. Think about it. What's the first thing you ask yourself when you sit down and try to make some New Year's resolutions? You think, well, what are some things that I want to change this year? What are some things that I don't like and I want to be different this year? And so we go, we get a little notepad and pen, or we get our phone out, and we say, well, we think about like, everything in our life that annoys us or frustrates us, and we say, hey, I want to change this. So we say, hey, I don't like the way I look, so I'm going to go work out more, right? Hey, I never have enough money, so I need to save more. Hey, my family tells me that I never see them, that I don't spend time with them, so I need to set aside more time, and I need to go spend time with them this year, Right? And so we just think of these things, and we go on and on with our lists of things that we don't like, that we're not satisfied with, and then we just say, hey, I'm going to change this. I'm going to grit my teeth, and I'm going to change if it's the last thing I do, right? But today, I don't want you to ask, hey, what do I want to change this year? I think we need to ask a bit of a different question. I think this year, I'd encourage you guys, instead of asking, hey, what do I want to change? What do I want to make different? I think we need to be asking this question, is God... What do you want me to change this year? God, what would you have me resolve to do this year? God, what do you have for me in this new year? And we should make our resolutions off of that this year. Say, God, you're the one who knows the plan for my life. You're the one who has good things for me in this new year. I want those things. God, show me what it is that you would have for me this year. And although I cannot tell you the specific answer to, the, to that question for each individual person in this room, I do believe that you have individual things that you need to change. Spe- uh, specifically, I think God last year told me that he wanted me to be more disciplined. And I will tell you that he did bless me in that. He, uh, there, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys got over this a long time ago. It just happened recently for me, and I'm not even over it totally. But last year, basically about every day that I woke up before work, my first thought, first thought is, I don't, I'm not going in today. I don't want to do this. This is not, I'm calling in today. But slowly, as the years progress and as God has taught me, hey, you need to be more disciplined. You need to be more reliable. You need to be more disciplined. He's blessed me in that this year to where at the beginning of the year, that happened every day I woke up. And now... It's a really bad day if I wake up and say, oh, I'm calling into work. Now, granted, I've only called in once this year for being sick, so that's much better than in the past. But he blessed me in that because I believe that that was something that he desired for me. That was something that he wanted me to change over this past year. And so I can't tell you, like, that was something personal for me, a resolution for me over the last year. And I can't tell you what's going to be exactly your personal resolutions this year. I don't have that answer for you. What I do have is I just have a couple things that I believe 
God has on every single one of our New Year's resolutions list. Regardless of who you are, regardless of your personal strengths and personal weaknesses, I believe that these couple things that I'm going to share with you today should be on every Christian's New Year's resolution list. And I believe that this is something that God will bless and that he will make fruitful and that he will multiply in your life if you do these. And i got to be honest with you. When Troy asked me to preach, and as I was preparing for this message, I was like, hey, God, give me something that's going to blow their minds. Give me something that they've never heard before. And that absolutely did not happen. But I do believe he gave me what you need to hear today. I do believe that he gave me what at least someone in here needs to be reminded of today. So I'd encourage you guys to just press in to these things and to pursue and to press after these things because I believe God is going to bless you with that or bless you if you do that in this next year. The first thing that I believe is on God's New Year's resolution for every single one of us is this. It is pursue love. Pursue love. You're like, really? Love? That's the best you could come up with, right? But it's a lot harder than it sounds. See, 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, Pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Now, this passage goes on to actually talk about spiritual gifts like you see. And the main point of this passage is, is spiritual gifts. But I find it really interesting that before Paul goes on and talks about spiritual gifts, before he talks about all the cool things that are going to happen by the gifts that God gives us, he tells us just this kind of, it seems out of place. He says, pursue love. It's almost like he's reminding us just at every chance he can get, hey, you're going to be able to do cool things. You're going to have these awesome gifts. You're going to see miracles happen. You're going to see people be healed. You're going to see lives changed. But don't forget love. Don't forget to pursue love. You, if you, Paul goes on, he says, uh, that if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm nothing but a clashing gong or a clanging cymbal. He says it's useless. If I can have all these gifts, I can do all these things. If I have all these talents, but I forget love. He says we've missed the point. You've completely missed the point. He says don't forget to pursue love. And if you're reading out of Uh, That's actually the ESV translation. If you're reading out of the NIV today, which we normally do, it says follow the way of love instead of pursue love. The reason I use the ESV today is because it says this word pursue. And the actual word used in this passage is not, the the, the meaning is not actually just to follow, right? Because when I think of to follow, I think of like a game of like follow the leader, like someone walking in front of you and you just kind of, just nonchalantly, you just follow them wherever they go, however fast they go, right? It's just kind of a casual thing. But the word actually used here has a lot of emphasis. It's got a lot more power than that. Because this word can actually be used to mean to pursue with hostile intent. To pursue with hostile intent. This word pursue that is used here is actually used in other portions of the Bible to talk about persecution and to talk about harassing. This is an intense word. This is, a, this is uh, not just a casual stroll of following someone along. This is something with intense purpose. See, we're not just to follow love. We're supposed to pursue it. It's with focus. It's intense. It's a fight, and it is a sprint 
not a jog. We are to pursue love. This is like all the movies where you see this, this person just got this look of determination on their face, and they're running, they're chasing after someone. This isn't just, oh, I'm going to go on my daily walk today, my power walk. No, this is pursuing. We are chasing after. We are pursuing love here in this passage, and this is something that is actively sought out. It doesn't just passively sit by and wait for opportunities. Guys, it is not enough just to sit around and wait for opportunities to be nice to people. It's not enough just to not go off on that person at work who really, really deserves it. Love actively seeks out ways to display itself. Love actually goes out of its way to find a way to love someone. So this year for your New Year's resolutions, I'd encourage you, to ask God, to pray to God, and ask him for some specific ways that you can show love this year, to pursue love actively this year. So, for example, this might mean that you carve out a specific portion of your budget to giving to others. I'm not talking about putting more in the offering plate as it it passes by. I think that's great. But what I'm talking about is maybe you carve out a specific portion of giving for the people in your life. So that whenever that opportunity comes and you hear about maybe someone at work or a mother or uh, someone who is trying to raise their kids but is having a tough time, they're low income, when you hear about their struggles, you can't just be like, oh, man, that's really hard. You can actually say, hey, you know what? I'm ready for this. I've, I've got something for you. Hey, I want to bless you today. It's active. You're not just waiting for the opportunity. And maybe if that opportunity doesn't come in your month for your budget, you say, you know, I'm finding someone that I'm going to go give this money to, that I'm going to go bless this person. Maybe that's what it looks like for you. Maybe that's what pursuing love looks like for you this year. Maybe it's to give your time to someone maybe at work that you know kind of sits on the outskirts a little bit, who they kind of sit by themselves. Maybe if you have like a break room or something like that, Maybe they are a little bit strange, a little bit weird, not, not a lot of people talk to them. Maybe it's giving your time and actually walking up to that person and saying, hey, you know, I know I see you in here all the time, but uh, I don't think we've ever met. And be, to begin to build a relationship with them because you know no one else is, right? And if they are, they might not be pointing them to Jesus like you can. Maybe that's what pursuing love looks like for you this year. And maybe you need to do the most loving thing possible And you need to open your mouth and tell someone about Jesus, whether the opportunity presents itself or not. See, we aren't told in the Bible just to to preach the gospel. We aren't told just to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus whenever they ask us. We are told to go tell people, to go tell the nations that Jesus Christ came and that he died for your sins and that he rose again, and that there's an opportunity for you to have life, whether the opportunity presents itself or not. Jesus constantly was going up to people and telling them the truth and loving on them at inconvenient times. Maybe that's what pursuing love looks like for you this year. But I'd encourage you guys to press in and to ask God, God, What do I need to do this year? What is something specific this year? Because if we just leave it at pursue love, you're not going to do it. I promise. I'm not going to do it if I just leave it here. We need to find some specific things to ask God and say, hey, God, what is it this year that every week, every day, every month, whatever it is, 
that you want me to do this year, an action that I can do to pursue love, to serve others in my life. See, not only does this verse, but many other times in Scripture are we called to love above all else. Colossians 3.14, it says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Because maybe some of the maybe the reason you can't get a New Year's resolution to stick is because you're missing the thing that binds all things together in perfect harmony. Maybe you're so distracted because you're forgetting love. You're forgetting that there are people around you that God has placed people in your life that you are called to love, and you've totally forgotten about that because it holds everything together in perfect harmony. When you are loving the people around you, I promise you, things, even though what's actually happening might not be all that smooth and all that great, it's going to feel like things are more like they're supposed to be. Like You're going to be able to deal with it smoother. You're going to be able to deal with it better. You're going to have the strength of God in you to deal with whatever comes. And things will be held together in perfect harmony when you remember to pursue love actively in specific ways. Not only that, but 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, many of you have heard it, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's right. And straight from the mouth of Jesus, Mark 12, 28 through 31 says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29 says, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. There is no New Year's resolution greater than this to pursue love. Straight from the mouth of Jesus. If there's anything we should resolve to do, if there's anything that we should dig our heels in and move forward on, it's to pursue love. There's nothing greater and not only to pursue love, but I think there's, there's a second thing that God wants on all of our New Year's resolutions. Listen, this is a little bit different in that this is not only something that we need to do, this second one, but it's going to, when we do this, this is going to enable us to pursue love. The second one is this, is that we need to rest with God regularly. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Guys, let's be honest. Pursuing love, and when we decide to actively engage the people around us, when we decide to lay our life down and to serve the people around us, let's be honest, it's hard. It's draining. Sometimes you come home and you're just like, I don't know, I don't want to do this again. Right? That person completely shut me out. I just dealt with someone who is dealing with a family crisis, and they dumped their whole, all their junk, they dumped it on my lap. I don't know what to do with this. This is stressful. This is hard. Serving people 
is hard, but the only way you can keep going, the only way you can continue to pursue love with the intensity that the Bible has called us to is to rest in God. Is to rest. In fact, it's so important that God actually sets up a day every week dedicated to rest, right? Genesis 2, starting verse two, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says, And on the seventh day, God finished the work he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. Now, think about this. Did God have to rest? No. We're talking about the God of the universe, who can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, who speaks things into existence. Creating the world wasn't hard for him. He wasn't tired. He wasn't like, oh, man, I really need a nap after that one. No, that's not what he was doing. But you know what I think he was doing? I think he was giving us an example and showing us how we need to rest and how we're going to work and we're going to uh, do everything that we can for God, but we need to consistently come back and that we need to rest in him. I think the intention of the day of rest is that we come to God and that we rest with him, not just so that you can take a nap, which I would, you know, naps are great, they're awesome. But, you know, I think the real intention of this day is to be able to have something without distractions that we can actually come to God and say, you know what, uh, I've worked hard all week, I've done as you commanded, I've laid my life down all week, God, would you give me rest? Would you give me rest? See, God, he didn't need to rest, but he gave us this example. And sometimes... It's, so, it's funny because we can get so busy doing things, even doing things for God, that we get completely drained, we get burnt out, and we completely forget to come back to Him. And we forget that only by coming back to God regularly can we be refueled. Can we, be, can we have our strength regained? And this is actually similar to the way uh, God made our bodies work in exercise, right? So there are three areas of general fitness that make you generally pretty a healthy person. It's exercise, diet, and rest. And everybody thinks that by going to the gym, that's what gets you big, and that's what gets you strong, and that's what uh, enables you to throw around giant weights, because that's really important in life. But (laughs) it's funny, because when you actually look at it, when you go to the gym, and when you do all this intense exercise, what's actually happening is your muscles are being broken down. Your energy is being taken, it's being depleted from you, so you're actually making yourself weaker going to the gym and doing all this exercise. But where you grow stronger, where you grow bigger, and where you see the results are actually happen when you go home and you go to bed. And when you actually take in some nourishing food, what happens is, your body takes all the broken down muscle and takes all the broken down tissue and it actually begins to rebuild stronger than it was before. When you put in nutritious food, it, it builds up the muscles and whenever you, you rest, your body actually goes into a state where it rebuilds your muscles and they will be stronger than before. And it's just the same way in our spiritual life. You're going to go out, you're going to work hard, you're going to get beaten down in the week and it's going to be tiring and it's going to be tough And the only way that you're actually going to grow, the growth happens when you come to God and say, God, give me rest. Will you give me the growth 
I'm going to open up your word. And I'm going to give nourishment into my soul, not just my muscles. And well, I'm going to sleep and actually be rebuilt. And I'm going to come to God and I'm going to say, hey, will you rebuild me? Will you make me stronger than I was before? Because you came to God and you asked him to give you rest. This is just coming to God, even if it's just 10 minutes a day. Coming to him, open up, opening up the word, getting some nourishment for your soul, and then just asking God, hey, what is it that you want from me today? God, what is it that you see in my life that you want to be different today than it was yesterday? God, I'm getting worn down. But you know what Jesus says? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. That's a promise. It's a promise. We're actually told that Jesus went off in the early hours of the morning to do this. Before anything in the day happened, before all the madness started, and Jesus' life was pretty intense. It was pretty crazy. He had people, he had crowds of thousands of people following him around. I don't know, I'm I'm an introvert. I am. If crowds of thousands of people were following me around, I would move. (laughs) I would move to an island by myself. I'd get a boat so that whenever they found my island, I could go out on the water and not be found by all of these crazy people. But Jesus, who was being drained and was being asked to heal and was being asked to, to speak into people's life all the time, people he'd never even met before, he got up in the wee hours of the morning to spend time with God and to rest because he needed to be rebuilt. He needed to be, he needed to be given strength for the day. Guys, the only way you will be able to fulfill any resolutions, any determinations that you make in your mind to change is to be able to come to God regularly and rest. Because, you know what, I think another reason that people don't follow through with their resolutions is that they just, they go hard for like a week. Well, some of you, maybe more. But they go hard for this short amount of time. They never rest. They never give themselves a break from it. And then they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm putting all my time and my energy into something that it's just breaking me down. It's just breaking me down. The only way you're going to be able to fulfill your New Year's resolutions is to rest in him this year. Because trust me when I tell you, you are not strong enough to grit your teeth and change yourself. You're not. You are not that awesome. I love you. I think you're pretty awesome. You're not that awesome. You can't just flex and make things change. Right? You can't do it. You can't grit your teeth and stamp your little feet and be like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to stop cussing this year. Right? I'm going to stop doing this this year. I'm going to stop having a bad attitude this year. It doesn't work that way. You know what? how it does work? It works by you pursuing love and then coming to God and saying, hey, God, change me. God's promised to do the work for you. He's going to change you from the inside out. And then from there, you've got the strength to go on and pursue love more. Right? You have the ability and the strength to go and to engage in people's lives again. And then when you start feeling weary, you start feeling tired, you come back to God and you say, hey, God, I need some strength. I need some rest here. And then you go out and you do it again. It's a cycle where you go out and you work and you break yourself down and you lay your life down on the line and then you come to God and you say, rebuild me. This is the only way that growth happens. 
See, for me, I'm actually taking the next month, and I'm going to be resting. Now, some of you guys are like, well, that's excessive, all right? You need to do something with your life. No. <laughs> I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not calling into work for a month. I'm, I'm going to be going to work. I'm going to be doing things. But uh, specifically, I actually will not be leading worship for you guys for four weeks because I broke myself down over the last two months just doing so much. And I had to come to Troy and I said, hey, I need, I need a little break. I need some time off because I'm getting beat down here. And it's all good stuff. And I love it. And it gets me fired up to come here and to, to play music and to lead for you guys. But you know what? It's also tiring. And I had to come to Troy and I had to say, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to do that. Just on top of everything else that is going on in my life right now, I just need a little bit of a break. So I'm actually going to be taking this next month to rest, to be strengthened. And I'm actually going to be looking at and at asking God in this next month, hey, what are, what are your resolutions for me this year? What are the things that you want to see changed in my life this year? And we're going to start working on them. We're going to set up a, a plan to make those things happen. And so throughout the next week, as maybe if you guys maybe don't do this normally, or maybe if you do, I, I'd encourage you guys to go before God and to say, hey, God, what are some specific things that you want me to do this year? And I want you to take the next week just to go to God, to rest in him, and to ask him what it is that he would have you do this year. And to, to help you with that, I've actually I've made up some homework for you. I know, you hate me. But I want you guys, uh, you can go ahead and write this down if you've got pen and paper. You do have homework. But I want you to read Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 7 over the next seven days. I want you to read that passage. And I just want you to read one verse a day. This is the easiest homework ever, okay? One verse a day. This is a great, very practical passage of the ways that we can pursue love in our daily lives. And I want you to just take a verse a day and take that verse, read it in the morning, read it on your break, read it whenever, and begin to meditate on that, begin to think about that and pray to God and say, hey, how can I apply this to my life this year? How can I add, add this to my New Year's resolutions this year? What is a specific way that I can begin to add these to my list? I, I know the first one is uh, continue to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's very simple, but how can we do that? God, how do you want me to love as brothers and sisters in Christ this year? How do I love the people in this room the way that you want me to? So take the next seven days, just take a verse a day and ask God what he will have you do with it. Let's pray.